Kevin Koval's newest book, Everything Must Go, celebrates Chicago's Wicker Park in the 1990s, which served as Kevin's home as a young artist. It focuses on the politicization and gentrification of black and brown communities at large and speaks to other cities that are also enduring similar change. The poet, activist, and founder of the Young Chicago Authors joins me in the studio to tell us all about it. Kevin, welcome back to Vocalo. Thanks for having me. Great to see you. I am uh, really happy to be able to get wistful here with you for a minute. Uh, Wicker Park in the 90s was full of, of places and people that were just full of character. Uh, a few are still around, but most of that character has long since been replaced by something else. While we're just being nostalgic right now, what are a few folks and places that you miss the most? I'll start. I want to go to Leo's lunchroom once a week. Yeah. Uh, I miss Leo's lunchroom. I miss, I guess he was, he must have been bearded with similar kind of glasses that I have. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> always in a flannel, like serving, you know. Dope chili. And great coffee. And <laughs> I miss Oba, you know, who I write yeah. about in the book, the, who I, I think was the poet laureate of Milwaukee Avenue. And uh, I, I miss, I just miss that time. I miss being accounted for on the street. I miss, you know, walking down the avenue and, you know, knowing I could count on people being there I, it was a space for me to be seen too what made wicker park so attractive to so many creative types back then yeah i think part of it is that it was very affordable to live there yeah. uh it was also good in terms of a nexus of public transit it That's had very true. it had all of those things that make a neighborhood viable uh in a time where the city was changing but not at the rapid rate it seems to be changing now yeah my whole life revolved around the neighborhood because of my grandfather and it had gone through many changes since i was even a kid mm -hmm. but then you know when i moved back finally in the 90s it was beginning to be this kind of very weird oddball artist bohemia yeah but that itself was a, a way to shift the neighborhood from working class latinx communities and ukrainian and polish communities into something else altogether. Yeah. And then, you know, in that time frame, I think a lot of us who were there saw it be uprooted and changed pretty drastically yeah. in, in with, within a decade. This is Vocalo Radio. I'm Jill Hopkins. Joining me in the studio, poet, activist, and founder of Young Chicago Authors and the author of Everything Must Go, Kevin Koval. It seemed at the time to being one of the more ethnically diverse places in the city. Uh, as, as you mentioned, it, it did start as, as a Eastern European immigrant hub, and then it shifted to a variety of, of Latinx folks. But I never felt as though I was the only black person someplace either. In the short time that, you know, I, relative short time that I, I quote unquote discovered the neighborhood and, and right now, I am almost always the only black person someplace. Right. <laughs> what contributed to that just very rapid, I don't know, what, what's the opposite of white flight? Yeah, well, it, there was a shift in the taste in American housing, right? There, white flight reversed itself, and yeah. the children of those folks who went to the suburbs desired to come back. And there was a move from, you know, a central trope in dominant culture being that of suburbia to a kind of whitewashed urbanity you know where where you know and you see the effects of it now where you know places like lincoln park uh you know which used to be latinx and black are now strip malls uh, mm -hmm. of suburbia but they've just been replaced and reversed that process and you know a lot of it deals with you know the 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 maintenance of uh you know and and, and the terror of 
global capitalism, and gentrification is a symptom of global capitalism, and, mm -hmm. and so it's complex, and it's no one person's fault, and it's you know no one person's, I think, uh, ability to necessarily fix it, but it's just part of a much larger system, which seems to be about the erasure of working people and then the erasure of communities of color. I'm Jill Hopkins. This is Vocal Radio. Joining me in the studio, author of the collection of poetry, Everything Must Go, Kevin Koval. You paint a lot of very vivid pictures with your words, Thanks. always, but especially in this book. Uh, paint me one of your grandfather's Wicker Park. Well, he when he moved in, it was Irish. It was an Irish community. And George uh, Marcus Koval tried to pass and assimilate in the neighborhood by going by the name Murphy because he didn't want the Irish boys in the neighborhood to beat him up. He tried to, you know, assimilate yeah. into Irish street gang culture, essentially. Uh, and it was not very successful because <laughs> he was, uh, you know, very squat and very dark, yeah. uh, you know, particularly for like a white ethnic person. He went to Tully High School, which later became Clemente, and he would ride uh, the, the the Western Avenue trolley down to go see my grandma, who lived in North Lawndale, uh, which at the time was a very big Jewish and Polish uh, community, and he would have to slink down in the trolley seat because guys from the neighborhood thought it was a bit of, it was like, you know, territorial. Mm -hmm. So you, you, he couldn't pass into a Polish neighborhood. What was he doing? <laughs> How going dare into you, a Polish sir? neighborhood, much less, you know, dating a, uh, you know, a Polish, Polish eligible lady. bachelorette. Exactly. <laughs> so it became, it became hectic. Uh, but that was, you know, that was kind of the, the, the demographics of, of the neighborhood uh, that when he lived there. And then he and my, my grandma moved from, um, Ukrainian village in North Lawndale up into Edgewater. And so, you know, my family also, you could track the way white flight works mm. by just, you know, kind of paying attention to my own family's pattern of, of, of you know, where they dwelled. And by the time you got there in, as a permanent resident in the, the 90s, it had it shifted to, like you said, kind of a bohemia. I feel as though it's the closest that Chicagoans of a certain age have to what it must have felt like in San Francisco in the late 60s, the whole Haight-Ashbury thing, the whole, uh, you know, Lower East Side of, of Manhattan in the 70s. I, I really do feel like we had that in the 90s in Wicker Park, whether we knew about it at the time or not. Looking back, it seems I, fairly yeah, obvious. I, I agree. I mean, I think any time you have this congealing of multiple communities because I think you were probably more privy to a punk and a rock community yeah. and I was privy to a hip hop and a house community and I think that there was some crossover there. There was definitely some overlap. Right. Yeah. But but also that that it was a space that welcomed you know the myriad of of uh artistic disciplines and expressions and it was just it was an openness to there you could be anything in wicker park and find a community at that time it was a very open welcoming radically democratic space in yeah. that regard i mean both in terms of your identity but also in terms of your artistic practice and expression there was a lot of bad art and some really great <laughs> yeah. art too yeah. and and i think that's what helps a community flourish is just that attention to openness, uh, attention to, you know, what does it mean to be part of this community? Well, you know, come in goodwill and you will be cool.
You're listening to Vocalo Radio. I'm Jill Hopkins. Joining me in the studio to discuss his new collection of poetry that celebrates the Wicker Park of yesteryear, Kevin Koval, author of Everything Must Go. The book also, while it does tell a story of you as an emerging uh, artist, it also tells the story of you as a struggling worker, as a, as a as someone with a knot of cash and a coffee can in the trunk of their car that is also their home. <laughs> in the jobs, you recognize that it was a place for workers and makers of all sorts, not just in the arts, not just writers and musicians. Blue Collar Wicker Park doesn't seem to exist anymore. And that makes me really sad. Yeah. Do you think that there's there's any hope for that kind of griminess to come back to the neighborhood? I, I don't know if it's going to necessarily. I mean, there are, are elements, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's an artist uh, on on IG. I think he, he's Sir Ghetto Art, um, <laughs> and he's still outside of Sub T, you know, hawking drawings and paintings. And every now and again, you'll see Sharkula out on the avenue, who is an institution oh, in yeah. Chicago hip hop. He's really the only one I know from the neighborhood who's still there. Yeah. Everyone else has been forcibly removed, or has moved out of the state, or is. You know, they're gone. I mean, they're dead or they're in jail or, you know, they've just stopped hanging out. And so I guess the question I have is like, where are we going to preserve affordable places for working people and for working artists to live and to make art? Because to me, that's what makes the culture of a city vibrant. And that's what brings then these foreign outside dollars into invest in a neighborhood. But once you remove then the, the the people who are responsible for the creation of that culture, then what happens to the neighborhood? Yeah. And I don't necessarily have the answers per se. I, I know that, you know, we need to invest in local businesses and local schools and that is a viable way to maybe then keep working people in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But I think that we also have to have a broader question about urban planning and, you know, what kind of Chicago, what kind of city, what kind of metropolis around the, around the country and around the world do we want to be living in? Yeah. Um, because it seems that the money comes into a neighborhood not necessarily to make it monotonous, but it oftentimes has that result. Yeah. And so I don't know that everything is that that the that the people who are planning the way neighborhoods and cities operate desire for it to be chain after chain after chain but that certainly is a way that you know these neighborhoods will fall and yeah. so that that notion of the the hyper local is something i'm interested in as an artist i love details and specifics and minutia and i think that's something that is you know being eradicated from from neighborhoods This is Vocalo Radio. I'm Jill Hopkins. Joining me in the studio, author of Everything Must Go, poet, activist, and founder of Young Chicago Authors, Kevin Koval. I mentioned this to you earlier that I always felt taken care of in Wicker Park. I, you know, it wasn't the, the safest, quote unquote, safest part of town. Uh, the 90s weren't safe in Chicago at large, to be perfectly honest. But yeah. there were always folks looking out for me, even like 
the dude selling streetwise. If he didn't see me for two days and I did see him on the third day, he'd wonder how I was, where I was. Why didn't he see me crossing the street to go to work? And that's something that I don't feel as though Chicago neighborhoods have as much anymore. Well, you know, so the, the title of the book is Everything Must Go. And the subtitle is The Life and Death of an American Neighborhood, which I'm taking from Jane Jacobs' uh, important work, The Life and Death of an American City or American Cities. And she, of course, talks about the, the beauty and the safety in small neighborhoods and thinking about New York and the small streets on the Lower East Side. And that same idea that if you're connected to the block and you know people in the street, that neighborhood for you is going to be a lot safer than walking to a place where neighbors don't know one another. And so we, you know, we kind of create those kind of isolated communities now because we're living in, you know, the condo, you know, multiplex and we aren't necessarily engaging on the street or in street culture in the same way. And we've erased that street culture. And, you know, so for me, I feel like there is a, an isolation, a distance that comes with a new kind of community as opposed to this kind of, you know, where you would walk on the street and know people's names and people would know your name and account for you. And and to me, this book is, you know, a lot of memories about a neighborhood that was, but I'm hoping it asks questions and and begs the question of what kind of city do we want to live in now? I want people to have uh, the info that they need to take in all of this great poetry. The new collection is called Everything Must Go. The release event is September 16th at the Chop Shop First Ward in Wicker Park. And you can follow Kevin Koval at Kevin Koval across the socials. And you can visit YoungChicagoAuthors.org just because they do great work. Congratulations on all of this. And thanks for visiting us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for the chat. Mm-hmm.